Welcome to Fix It and Flip It. The current real estate market is ripe for rehabbing. If you want to learn how to buy the right property at the right price and learn how to project and control costs, then you've come to the right place. Our host, Tony Raffin, is from the number one rematch team in southeastern Michigan. And Kevin McClellan is Mr. Flipper Extraordinaire. Now, let's welcome Tony and Kevin. This is Fix It and Flip It. All right, everybody. I'm I'm missing my sidekick here, Tony. Um, he's actually down in in the Bahamas, so I'm the only one in studio today. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm solo today, but uh, we actually in, in a minute here we'll be bringing Tony in uh, by phone down on on vacation. The guy just can't get away; he can't stop working. Um, so Tony, you with us? Hi, Kevin. How are you? Hi, I'm... Jessica. Hi. Hey, Tony. So. What's the weather like? Give us a weather report down in the Bahamas. Well, today is the worst day in the last week. It's a little overcast. Uh, actually, not even overcast. Just I'd say cloudy because the sun's popping through. It's 85 degrees. I'm burnt to a crisp. My wife is dark as can be. Uh, we've been in the pool every single day having a great time uh, doing minimal work. Uh, today's going to be the longest day of work uh, doing this podcast with you guys. And uh, just, just so you guys know, June is National Homeownership Month. So uh, the industry is recognizing the importance of uh, homeownership as a great milestone in the chase of the American dream. So uh, this year's theme is going to be for the, the Department of Housing and Urban Development says, uh, find your place. So there's a lot of different avenues and areas you can find, whether it's going to be a rental property or your own owner-occupied property. So in the market, uh, we have to celebrate Homeownership Month. Yeah, we know the market's hot, and uh, I don't think it's going anywhere. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, grab a realtor and, and, and find that property that you've uh, been wanting. Um, what, what have you guys been doing uh, down on vacation besides? Uh, I saw you guys swim with pigs and feeding iguanas and all kinds of stuff. What are you guys doing down there? We uh, we we took a and then you're making friends. You're, you're you're making friends right and left. I mean, you're you're meeting people from all over the world. Listen, we met a guy that was on CNN who was took a, he, he lives here. He's a Bohemian, a na- native Bohemian. His name is Samuel Moss. And Sam went out to uh, Florida to buy a boat. And then he took the boat across back to the Bahamas, which is about uh, a 200 mile trip. And uh, with me, I got Sam. Uh, hi, Sam. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Jessica. Hey, Sam. How are you? Nice to talk to you. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm I've wonderful. Heard, I've heard a so lot about I'm... you. Tony's Tony's talked about this. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm talking to him. We're talking about the show, and he says, yeah, this might not be, you know, he said this might not be real estate related that we're going to bring Sam on and tell this, this, this 16 day or however many day at sea story, which is literally unbelievable. So we, we got to tell it. And, and we're so thankful that you came on our show. We really appreciate it. Um, from everything Tony said, you're, you're a hell of a guy, but I, I do want to relate it to real estate because this is very similar to when I'm in a, a, in a renovation and I feel like I'm up against it and every, every single thing is going wrong. I'm not going to make it. I mean, really you want to just cut bait, <laughs> sell it, but you have to literally, you just, I call it surviving. You got to just come up with the funds. You got to get the project done. There is no stopping. You just finish it and, and you survive and you win. You have to have that. I'm going to win this mentality. And from what I heard, you you have one hell of a story. Well, let's uh, let's let them tell it. Oh yes, I got. I mean, it's basically, I went down to Florida. Where I worked for like seventeen days, basically at the hotel. And I was in lifeguarding, I was babysitting, 
and I work as a banquet for like a night or so. And I jumped up and I said, I wanted to buy a boat, like to start off like like a small business. I jumped on the plane, searched the boat on Craigslist. I said, okay, this is the one I want. I went down in, in, in Miami and I said, okay, I'm going to drive down there, get the boat, pick it up, fuel up and drive back to Nassau. Stopped in Bimini first, had no problem. I traveled for like two and a half hours from Miami to Bimini. Uh, leaving Bimini, I was fueling up again to leave Bimini to come back to Nassau. And that's when I basically miscalculated my fuel. Because I took the long way around Bimini and I calculated my fuel, like I said, like an extra 10 miles, but that just wasn't good enough. Out there for, say, first day I, I got stranded, I went in, in the back of Andres trying to say I'm going to walk through the land, but I came in the back of like a wetland. I said, well, this isn't going to work. I stayed on the land for like a night. So this is the first time. What, what, Sam, what kind of boat huh? were you? What kind of boat were you in, Sam? What did you buy? What were you trying to take back to the Bahamas? I, I bought a twenty point four foot angler, thirty cabin. Okay, okay. Uh, One hundred and fifty four stroke Suzuki on the back. Now, how how many hours should it have taken you to get back uh, from Miami to to the Bahamas? If you went straight through, gassed up a couple times. If I went straight from Miami to the Bahamas. Yeah. How long should it have taken you? I would have say five, six hours. Okay. Okay. That's all. On a single engine doing but twenty five knots, yeah, but five hours. Okay. So the first night go on. Instead it took sixteen days. Sixteen okay. Well let's let's I, I interrupted listen. I interrupted him because I wanted to paint a bit of a story with the type of boat that he had and you know how long it should take and the distance he had to go. But if you can, uh, we'll, we'll get back to um, that first night uh, at sea. Yes, sir. Go ahead. So, yeah, I stayed up. I basically climbed like a tree trying to get some signal. Uh, and I basically fell out the tree. Like leaving like a few marks on my back and on my foot and stuff. And I just got up and I was like, okay, this time I'm going to camp for the night. But walking through, walking through the bush, after I fell, I walked through the bush before camping at a certain spot. And I started to hear some wild hogs. I said, well, this, this, this can't work. So I started taking some bush, like, and wiping out my skin in it. I to get my scent, get a different scent off of me. Uh, and I just laid down there with, like, a few bottles of water, flashlight, chips, Zima Zimas. Cell phone, the GPS. Famous, famous, and Doritos <laughs> yeah. saved this man's life. Yeah. You know, and I just camped right there until I said, okay, well, I'm going to walk back on the boat and I'm going to drift back to. I tried drifting between like Cuba and, and Andres to get like to Exuma because I know once I'd have made it to Exuma, I'd have been like in Bohemian waters and a bunch of boats be passing in between that channel. So one of them would have rescued me, but. I didn't, I didn't make it. I was like 50 miles off of um, Cuba. And I said, okay, I'm going to turn back around and go like from Miami. But I started drifting like in the Gulf of Mexico. And I didn't want to go there because I was even worse. So I started drifting like going back into Miami, but I almost ended up in the, into the Everglades. I said, nah, I got to do something else. I turned the boat basically into like a bigger sail with some canvas I had on the boat. I used the bimini top and I used some rope to like use the boat as a sailboat. Used the uh, the engine as the 
the roar, the roar, whatever the you call it, the so, so you pretty much and, had to MacGyver this and come up with right. with your own sale. I mean, at this point, you're completely improvising. Your your right. plan A didn't work, and and literally, you were so desperate that you said, "I'm just going to float, and, and and hopefully, I get taken to, to to land where it's populated, where I can find a boat, where I can get rescued." Right. So that's what I did. I just I just used the I just used my advantage. I used the disadvantage as an advantage. I used my bad luck and turned it into good luck by spinning the boat around. And I know once I had made it into American waters, I would have been fun because you guys have so much trackers and stuff, like a lot of boats be passing in and out of the shipping yard at, at Miami. So I was basically between Miami for a lot of deal was my main cause of, of entrance. So staying but where you, can't... if you would have stayed where you were at, on that marshy patch of land, th- th- it would have been over, right? I mean, there, there, there's... It would have been over, yeah. I, I don't feel as if I would have ever been found or or I would have never made it out of there because not much people rescue, get rescue, or not much boat spots in between there. Was there any type of food source? Was there any, uh, you know, food to eat there? Any nuts? I mean, you know, bear, uh, you know, plants? I mean... Oh, no. Nothing. Not much. Nothing. No, not, not, not no fruits that you could have eaten. Gotcha. Like I said, it's just it's just a bunch of wetland, like you know, like the the sand basically is knee high and stuff like that. Right and on. It's nothing. It's nothing really too enticing to do down in the back there. Gotcha. So that second day, you 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 push off land and you start floating. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I started floating, like to go back towards Exuma between Exuma and Andres, Exuma Cuba. And then what happened? And then that didn't work. I stayed. I tried drifting and uh, for say like eight days out of the sixteen days, it took me to get close to Cuba. Okay. So wow. I said, no, I can't go to Cuba because I know Cuba. Once you go to Cuba, they either lock you up or blow up your boat or <laughs> yeah, they capture you. So you're not leaving. You're not leaving. That's just for that. It, it would have been bad. I mean, what was you were hoping essentially to make it back to to Miami into international waters? That was that was, that was the best case scenario, right? That was the best case, yeah. And if you went that to Cuba, the they'd probably come out with with their boats and whatnot, and um, I don't know. They yeah, probably think they, they usually sink your boat or shoot you up, or if you don't get your boat, don't get shot up. You ought to just get captured for like say a year, and then if nothing shows up in the water, like drugs, other people trying to come into Cuba illegally. Then they would they would try they would actually try and reach out to your count your country to like maybe free you, but if anything was to show up whilst within a year of you being in that water from whatever from other people telling me you would be charged with maybe twenty five years thirty years just for getting stranded and just yeah. in that water. They're probably assuming some type but, of drug drug trafficking or something like that. Yeah, drug trafficking, human smuggling, or something like that. So, but with the U.S. Yep. With the U.S., I never, I never got my passport stumped in Bimini to say, well, okay, I've reached the Bahamas because that isn't, I supposed to do it, but I didn't do it because I know, well, okay, I have another milestone to go and I want to get my passport stumped in my actual home. But if I had got my passport stumped in Bimini and was drifting back to the state, they probably would have banned me from coming to maybe for like five years or so, but I still would have been able to travel again yeah well you would have been US. saved i mean number one this is this is life and death we're talking about you're stranded at sea with no food no water yeah. on a 20 on foot boat in the right. middle of the of the uh what's that the the atlantic uh atlantic ocean so atlantic ocean right. yeah okay tell them, tell them what happened on the 12th day 
basically on the 12th day, I got hit like by say a 30 to 40 foot wave and it washed, it washed off everything off the boat, all the extra water that I had, all of the, my passport, my wallet, my bank cards, everything. So I was basically blind in the middle of the ocean. I ran out of food on the 10th day. If I had, if the wave did not hit me on the 12th day, then I would have had, I would have had say maybe four to five more bottles of water left to just carry me through. At, at what point, I mean, I hate to say it, but you had to have at some point thought of giving up. I mean, at what point did you think this yeah, is, I, I'm not getting, I'm not getting saved. Like I'm, I'm dying out here in the ocean. No, I, I probably, I tried, I wanted to give up maybe on the, like the eight or ninth day, like when my body like started to really actually like give in. But I don't know. I just was finding the energy to keep on self bailing the boat out as the wave with me. I was just finding the energy to not make myself like capable of vomiting. Like I know once I had vomit, like all of my skin would have been gone because I would have been like helpless after that. I had I was taking like motion sickness pills like to keep me hydrated. Uh, like every every six to seven hours, I would eat like two or three famous demons. Maybe like break up like chip into smaller pockets and eat maybe like a half a pound full. I mean, you're, you're eating like a bird. You had to ration it literally like, like, like a yeah, bird barely eating. Yeah. I mean, what did you, so in terms of, we know you didn't have a lot of water. I mean, the food, you were eating a couple cookies, a couple crackers. I mean, barely anything, but for 24, yeah. for 24 hours a day, what did you do? How did you keep your mind occupied? How did you pass the time? Okay. What I did was I would just, like say every half hour in a day, in the day I would stay up and in the night I would have my phone set on like half hour alarm. So if it's 12 o'clock, I sleep at 12 o'clock, set the alarm for 12.30, I wake up at 12.30, look around and make sure no boats is near side of me, take another half hour sleep, the next half hour I'm up again, like that. Or I would just watch old snaps or look at old messages like to keep me occupied. Like every day I would snap like save a snap video, which I didn't get to keep because it didn't get saved on snap. And I would use that as a login, like to say, okay, where I am. Used to, I, was using, I was using like Snapchat as a map. Uh, and I was using like the map as a, as a marker to say, okay, how far I am from Miami. Like how am I drifting? Like every 12 hours, if I'm drifting off of Miami, where I need, what I need to get to get to Miami, how fast I need to, the drift to get to Miami, like stuff like that. Wow. So it's really just a matter of keeping your mind occupied. I mean, we go back and forth on whether technology is a good thing or bad thing, but I mean, you kind of use technology here with the, with the uh, smartphone and whatnot to your advantage and I mean, kind of help save you. Right. So wow. then, crazy story, Kevin. I mean, yeah, I mean, when, so how did, how did it, uh, I mean, after the 12th day, we said it went 16 days. Um, I mean, how does it, how does it wrap up? Everybody at this point uh, has a good idea of, of what he went through, we painted a pretty good picture here, but how did it come to an end? I basically used, well, when I ran out of water, I basically was, was dipping my shirt in like the salt water, like just not drinking too much air, but just keeping my lips moist, like just putting a little taste in my mouth. And well, after that, I said, well, okay. I noticed like, I've been in, I've been in US water for say like five days, five to seven days before anyone actually found me. So, I was just chilling out until the boat got anchored somehow in one position. The anchor was not in the water, but the rope was in the water. Fuck around something. It would not move from that spot. You know, so 
that's probably just with God, just keeping me there for for the guy to find, like find me. But the boat was just there, like for like three days of me being stranded in Miami, like on the, the on a reef thing. Day. Yeah, with just yeah. like on a reef, like not moving. The anchor in the boat, but the rope in the water on it, and it's generally not moving. Right. Which so, yeah, I don't which, know. Is, which I don't is weird. Know if you're not in shallow water for that anchor to be able to hold, I mean, like you said, that's a sign. I mean, for that anchor to hold and and kind of keep you in one place. It's like they say one place. sometimes, like they say, if you're lost, just stay where you're at and wait for the rescuers to come to you. And that sounds like that's what happened, right? So but what, if I had been, if I had waited for the rescuers to come rescue me from where I first got stranded, I probably would have been there for longer than sixteen days, just they are waiting on rescuers to come find me. So who who ended up? Uh, was it a was it a fishing boat? Was it the Coast Guard? Who who ended up coming and finding you? How did it end? It was a guy, it was a guy passing on his yacht and I was so dehydrated, like I waved my hand once at him and he probably is looking for, he was looking at something under his staring console and he did not see me, but so I, prob- I basically gave up like that because if a person is like, say like a quarter of a mile away from me and did not see me and I, like Rick can, we can see each other like clear daylight, he did not see me. All I noticed is when his crew came running and told him this thing, turn around, I think his name is Ryan. And he turned, he spent the boat around, he came to me, he threw me like an apple. I did, I couldn't catch it because my arm was so trained. Or like seven apples he threw it to me. I caught like three of them. I bite one, put two of them in my pocket. He threw on like a bottle of, of water to me. And I like sucked that down like in a space of 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? Like, probably the, best bottle, probably the best bottle of water you ever had. The best, yeah. <laughs> They threw another one to me. It was hot now, don't get me wrong, but I, I loved it. It's just cold. It went down cold. <laughs> they threw another one to me. I didn't catch that one. I missed that one. They threw like two more. I caught those and it was there. From there, the Coast Guard came in like 10 minutes on a smaller boat. They put me on like the bigger mother ship and they popped me down when I got on board because you know they got to do like procedures. Yeah. Uh, they don't they know, they don't know who the you are. They got to be careful. They don't know who you are. They want to make sure, you know, yeah, they don't know everybody stay safe. Sure. They know who I am, but they didn't know if I had anything on me. Because the Bahamas already called the United States to be on the lookout. Then they called Cuba to be on the lookout. So it was like everybody was on the lookout. Well, that was going to be my question. At what point did you have family back in the Bahamas that after a couple of days, did you tell them, hey, if I'm not back in 24, 48 hours, did you give some instructions yeah. to family members back home what on I what did, to do? What I did was, what I did was, I had a guest, just like I met Tony, I had a guest here that I met like two days prior. Uh, and I was supposed to come back to him and me and him was supposed to do like a tall ride. But he left. He ended up leaving like within me, being stranded. Uh, and I ran, a, I ran on Facebook and I did a go live and I said the last ride. And everybody thought like I was being suicidal when I said last ride. But the la- I was meaning last ride. Yeah. After my boss, them didn't see me for like, the next day I was supposed to work, they know something had went wrong because they know I don't call in, I don't be late for work, any of that. Right. So they just instantly reacted on it and get out to my sisters, my family, my family members instantly reacted. They get on, the, they got on the press. They went to the police station. My girlfriend went to the station in Freeport and Bimini. She went to the station over here. My lifeguard friends, they they just was on it. They had like say like two to three thousand calls maybe a day within a day of every day they would have like two or three thousand calls if they found me at hence to say he's a know? pretty popular guy around here <laughs> yeah he's, he's gotta a be celebrity. a celebrity 
he, they had a beautiful uh, had a press conference on CNN, and uh, he was uh, he was. Well, uh, Tony, now, how, now Tony, how'd you find Sam? How, how do you meet people? I mean, everywhere you go, you meet somebody. You can't go anywhere without meeting somebody that's interesting. Where, how'd you find this? How'd you find Sam? Well, you know what? It's funny is we were sitting around the pool talking, uh, talking with people. And, and I'll tell you something. We're over here at the Baja Mar in Nassau, Bahamas. It's a brand new $4.2 billion complex. It's only been completed for six months. It's probably one of the most amazing places I've seen. Uh, and, and it's, it's not all inclusive, but you don't have to leave the hotel and everybody here is just so friendly. And we just start talking to people and you know, me, I'm never at a loss for words. And, uh, one thing led to the other. We started talking with uh, one of the lifeguards and then he introduced us to Sam and Sam told me the story. And I'm like, Oh, we got to do a GoFundMe page. Cause we thought this was, he, he, they had, they ended up, his boat must've sank or something like that. But the guy said it was a Boston Whaler. I'm like, Boston Whalers can't sink. We need to call Boston Whaler and tell them to, you know, give them another boat or let's do a GoFundMe page for this kid. And I'm going to tell you, this guy is one hell of a hustler. All we're doing is talking business, how to make money, how to buy a, he wants to buy a, 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 a house and fix it up and rent it. I mean, you, you, what are you paying for a three bedroom house around here, Sam? Maybe 120 to 180K. One hundred and twenty to one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, depending on its condition. Is there a lot of foreclosures down here? So it's a really good opportunity to make some money. What kind of rents can you generate from that? You basically, what you can do is you can say, okay, if you're a landlord, you can say, okay, if you got a three bedroom, you can say, all right, I want maybe between a thousand to two thousand dollars a month, and I can either ask the landlord, I can either pay light and water for you, or I can just offer you water and you pay your own light bill. So. They might give you something included with it, or they might just be like, okay, pay $2,000 a month, and you got light water cable. And oh, so you can, you, yeah. So as a landlord, it's up the to landlord you. can take yeah. care of that. So figure this out, Kevin. Once you buy a house here, there are no property taxes. You don't pay any property taxes. You buy the house, it's yours, yeah. you're done. Wow. What about, what about income tax? I mean, when, when you have a state like Florida with no income tax, um, what's it like down in the Bahamas? Do you pay income tax or no? Yeah, we pay tax now. We pay tax now. It's at seven point five percent. It's about to go to twelve percent in the first at uh, the first of July. Uh, you just we just gonna be getting tax on like if you're buying a car, like how you ship cars here. If you buy like groceries, no tax on baby items. What about income? Income tax. Let's say you make uh oh no 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 five hundred dollars a week. You don't pay tax. No, we don't pay income tax. We just give the we just say we make like a thousand dollars a week. We just pay like what we call national insurance. We pay, say, like maybe $50, not even all that, $45 on $1,000. So about 4.5% of like social security type uh, health insurance tax. So that's that's basically your health insurance. So So it's health insurance and it's partial retirement. Yeah. So, So people are doing more buy and holds, it sounds like, down there, Tony, with rental properties. I mean, the flipping market probably... Yeah isn't the way to go. I mean, it's probably buy it, hold it for, you know, 10 years or so, get a, get $1,500 a month rent. Right. That's basically it. Gotcha. It's a good place to invest in. Yeah, and then when you come here on vacation, like we do, all of a sudden it becomes a write-off. The trip becomes a write-off because you're coming here checking yeah. on your property. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, man, we really appreciate uh, Sam. It was a 
pleasure and honor talking to you. And I mean, he can stay around for the rest of the episode, but I just wanted to thank him for, you know, sharing his story. I didn't want to get away from that. Um, it's unbelievable. And man, a guy like that, I'd love to have on my team um, up here. And I'm sure, Tony, you would love to have a guy like that working with you, for you, partner with to where, boy, you, you just find a way, right? You just make it happen. You don't, uh, you don't quit. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's an unbelievable story. So how, uh, Tony, yeah, I think he used, he used, he used his efforts to, uh, to find a solution, not to worry about what the problem was and why it happened. Why it happened meant nothing. Let's figure out how we're going to get around this problem. Right. So we got a problem, Houston. We got a problem. All right, what are we going to do to fix it? This yeah, is what we got to do. Yeah, Miami. And he didn't give up. Miami, we got a problem, and uh, he, yeah. he, he he made he made it happen. But I mean, when you go through something like that, and and I mean on a smaller note, not even not to compare it, but going through a major renovation. When you're done with it, like I've said in the past, I mean, I'm sure Sam, that guy for the rest of his life probably literally feels like he can accomplish anything. Like he could probably figure anything out. I just call it figuring it out. You know, when I die, I just want on my two, I just want on my headstone, he figured it out. Or quite frankly, I wanted to say he right. figured shit out. That, that's it. Because I have nobody to look, you know, behind me and, and, and have figure out a problem. At the end of the day, I'm the investor. When I'm flipping a home, you just and, and Sam had nobody. He had nobody to cry to. He had nobody to, you know, whine to. I mean, he literally had to stick it out and and uh, find a way. So that was that's unbelievable. And uh, every other way, that's it. Yeah, man. he figured it out. Now, Tony, how how were you yeah, able to leave? Tony, how were you able to leave for what seven days? How long are you guys gone? Seven to ten days? Actually, eight days. Eight days. Eight days, yeah. So eight days, seven nights. How you you've got a team of people in place. I mean, how are you able to leave and and not have business come to a screeching halt if a client calls? If you've got, I, I know you have multiple deals that are you know either buyers sellers going on. I mean, sure with with technology and whatnot, you can make it happen. But um, you know, what do you have in place that allows you to be able to go to the Bahamas for eight days and not not have your business come to a halt? Well, you know, you know, it's funny. We're in the Bahamas for for eight days, and we had a closing Friday, Monday, Tuesday, today, tomorrow, and this Friday. So we're having a closing every single day while we're gone. So we'll come home to a stack of checks, which is going to be great. But without the staff and the and I think we keep going back to the same thing: the relationships. I, you know how my wife and I always preach: it's not about the deal. The deals are easy for us. You know, just like it is for you, you could do a flip blindfolded now. I remember when we met, you know, you were still stumbling, but you can do them blindfolded now. So you don't even think twice about what you do. You just do it. What's the most important key? It's the relationships. And we built up a team over the last 18 years uh, with Angie as our, our as our processor and closer, Megan as our pre-marketing coordinator and marketing coordinator. Um, and basically, I hope we, that we had a call coming in there. I apologize doing this remote. But one of the most important things is to make sure that you put a team of people together that are capable of doing what needs to be done, uh, you know, in your absence and vice versa. When they leave, we got to be able to make sure we cover for them. How long so, does it, uh, how long does it take to, to put that in place, though? You know, all these these newer agents, these agents that are in the game. And I hear a lot of them say, I want to build a team. I want to want to create a team. I mean, how long how long does that take? It depends on your skills. Some people take a year or two. Some people take a lot. And then you, then you go through your ups and downs. I mean, at one time I was traveling, you know, 14, 15 days a month. It was no big deal. We had an office in California, so I was flying back and forth all the time. I never even thought about it. I just left. But we were always attached at the hip with a laptop or a computer phone or doing whatever. And then uh, it, so it really wasn't vacay. For the most part, this trip, we've been on the email maybe 10 minutes a day. That's it. So a little bit here, a little bit there. 
and it's been pretty, uh, it's been a pretty good, uh, it's been a pretty good, uh, uh, event that I could say for, for us this time. I mean, uh, have you had any problems that have, have you had any problems that come up that had to be resolved that, I mean, put a damper in yeah, the vacation I, or I had a, I had a rental problem with a squirrel broke, uh, a squirrel broke into one of our houses and, uh, yeah, we called our we called our one of our field guys. The field guy went out and took care of it. So there was no rush, there was no emergency, you know. And if any of my staff ever has a problem, you know, sometimes if they can't get a hold of me, I tell them make a decision. You've been doing this long enough that we'll take your your decision. And God forbid it's a bad mistake, but at least one thing they did, they made a decision. So making a decision sometimes is more important than sitting there waiting for me to respond. Yeah, and I think that goes with just Having having a good team, having people that you pay well, that that you're loyal to, that they're loyal to you, because it it'd be the same and similar. If I went on, I mean, I'm not good at taking vacations because I just you know I don't know have anxiety when I leave if it's more than two days. But I, I really need a vacation. Why don't you take me to the Bahamas? Now that I think about it. Well, listen, we, you can jump on the private jet and shoot out if you want. You want me to, have to send it back for you? <laughs> Wait a minute, who's got the private jet now? What are you talking about? Uh, we met a guy at the pool who's got a private jet. It was great. <laughs> there's a lot of rich people here, man. Every, everywhere you go, there's over hundred foot long yachts. And I thought we missed the, we missed the calling by not building water slides for private yachts, but there's not a big calling for that in Michigan. But I'll tell you something down here, every yacht's got a water slide that goes off of it. So, so Talk that's about disposable income. That's what you've identified as ne- the next good business opportunity is building water slides on yachts. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Sam. Sam over here is looking for that boat so he can start doing charters and uh, getting conch, uh, diving for conch and lobster, and then starting a small little stand, and then eventually, you know, feeding all the uh, hotels uh, that are here with their conch. And uh, he's got a cool little business plan. And it's amazing when you talk to somebody that has the same drive, the same, no quit, the same, I'll do whatever it takes mentality that we have, we, you know, we find a bond. We, it's almost like we find each other. It's like in our DNA, you know, we, 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 we find people that with the similar, uh, with the similar traits and, and we find a bond together, you know? Yeah. Like they say, if you, if you want to, you know, see what somebody's like, look at their four closest friends or, you know, four people they surround themselves with. And, um, I mean, that definitely, I think people with business, people with that entrepreneurial, you know, entrepreneurial attitude, spirit, um, business people, they always seem to, uh, kind of gravitate towards one another and eventually you start talking business ideas, investing, what's the next opportunity, what to stay away from, what to get into. So yeah, I definitely think, uh, I definitely think there's something to be said to that. So I uh I think that's it, Tone. That's uh I think that's no, I got a I got a, I got a little something here. I want to uh it's it's uh paying the piper here. Okay. Um, and a lot of people are using their credit cards too much today. But if you can't seem to stay ahead of your bills, then this message is for you. How would you like to have a large portion of your credit card debts, medical bills, and department store debt forgiven? National Credit Card Relief would like to give you free information on a proven debt forgiveness program. This program has been used by thousands to legally forgive millions in unsecured debt. It's not bankruptcy. It's not consolidation. This special program actually wipes clean a portion of your debt what is, that is forgiven from what you owe other creditors. Call for free information. Get your questions answered in the first free phone call. The more you owe, the more you can save. If you have at least $10,000 or more in credit card debt, this debt forgiveness program can be very effective. Call for free information and find out more now. one 800 218-7170. There's no cost or obligation for this information. So don't wait to call 1-800-218-7170. That's, uh, that's 
1-800-218-7170. Get your debt problem solved. Call 1-800-218-7170 today. There, we paid the piper today. <laughs> you there? Yep. Thank you for holding. I'd be- I'm sorry, we interrupted. We there? Jesse, we there? All right, Tony, you there? Sorry, yep, you just there, so. you cut out with the with the with the signal there down in the Bahamas. So we thank you for that advert. It's a little uh, remote advertisement. Got to pay the bills, and um, you know we're gonna wrap it up. When are you guys coming back, Tony? We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, what time are you gonna what time are you landing? Oh, about late in the afternoon. You need to ride. So we're gonna still spend half a day on the beach. You need to ride. Ho- <laughs> you need to ride home. No, I'm good. Thank you. All right, I was just going to tell you to call Uber if you needed one. So they're pretty yeah, cheap. call Uber. <laughs> they don't have Uber down here in the Bahamas. It's beautiful, though. We do. Oh, you, you do well. What? Did Sam said they got Uber in the Bahamas. They do. He says they got a guy that does it. Yeah, yeah. one guy so far. That's it. <laughs> one single Uber. <laughs> he's staying busy. He's staying busy. Oh, he's got to be busy, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, tell Sam thanks again, Sam. I'd love to meet you someday. Hopefully, we can get you back. You know, up in over here to Michigan, or I can come down next time with Tony in the Bahamas, and we can talk business and, and hang out and have a drink. So, um, Tony, you guys uh, be safe down there. Have fun, and we'll see you tomorrow when you get home. Thanks, Kevin. All hey, right. Jessica, you guys have a great day. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Later, Thanks, Well, there Bye. you go. There you go, everybody. It was a little off track from our normal real estate investing, but I think it obviously definitely tied in um, with, with Sam's story. And you got to laugh. Tony's the kind of guy he'll go anywhere and meet uh, meet anybody. And he always finds something interesting wherever the guy goes. So, um, I mean, with that being said, that's going to wrap up our show until next week. As always, if you have a house uh, that you want to sell for cash quick and be done with it, call uh, call me at 586-855-4041 um, or go to my uh, my Facebook page at cash, uh, the number for your house now. Cash, the number for your house now. And Tony's not here to plug himself. I don't know his phone number offhand, but if you got a house you want to list or sell, um, you know, go uh, call Remax first, Tony Raffin, and uh, get that house listed. Until next time, have a good week. You've been listening to Fix It and Flip It with Tony Raffin and Kevin McClellan. Be sure to stop by our Facebook page, like it, and follow. And come back again next week so you can arm yourselves with the tools and strategies to become a successful real estate entrepreneur. This is Fix It and Flip It.